What's up, guys? This is your host, Jay, and welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast. This is a safe space where I vocalize my opinions and views on things, while also allowing others of different backgrounds and perspectives to do the same. The reason why I created this podcast is for people like you and me to get to know each other through love, dignity, and respect, as well as discussing a variety of topics and issues you may not be aware of. Hey, what's up, guys? This is your host, Jay, and welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast. This is season four, episode 21, and we're going to talk about the highlights of Bleach Thousand Year Blood War arc, episodes eight, nine, 10, and 11. So there's a lot I want to cover, but pretty much just some things that for me that I found interesting, but here we go. So going into episode eight, so we get the reveal of the Royal Guard. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I first read this in the manga, I was not impressed. You know, the Royal Guard was kind of hyped up here and there in the Bleach manga. And at the time when I was reading Bleach, when it was out, a lot of, you know, uh, YouTubers who who talked about Bleach, they kind of mentioned stuff here and there. There was videos made about the Royal Guards and stuff like that. And then once we got to this arc, the Thousand Year Blood War arc, the Royal Guard became a solidified thing. So the members we get, we get, uh, there's five members. We got Ichibe Hoyosabi, which is the leader, and he's known as Monk Who Calls the Real Name. Then we got Tenjiro uh, Kirinji. He's the Divine General of the East, Hot Spring Demon. Then we got Kirio Hikifune, Divine General of the South, Ruler of Grain. Then we have Oyetsu Nimaya, Divine General of the West, God of the Sword. Oh, um, Hikifuna, uh, she's Ruler of Grain. And then um, then we have Senjumaru Shutara. She is the Divine General of the North, Great Weave Guard. So... Uh, Ichibe is the the monk who calls the real name. Tenjiro is the hot spring demon. Hikifune, she is the ruler of grain. Um, Nimai, Nimaya, <laughs> just it sounds like a you know. Anyway, I'll get into that. But Nimaya, uh, god of the sword, and then Shutara or Sinjimaru, she's great weave guard. So. Here's why I'm not impressed. When I heard like the Zero Squad, the Royal Guard, I thought more of like this illustrious, well-developed, interesting, like this this hierarchy of a great number of characters to kind of, you know, match up with all of these Quincy's that are invading, uh, you know, Soul Society. But, you know, their their job, they're there to protect the royal palace area. Um, they, they finally come down because, you know, they, they need to see uh, a few couple of people, especially Ichigo. Ichigo is, is important to the Soul King. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not impressed. I, 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 I was expecting more. I, I, I thought there were more characters. I thought there were, I thought, I was expecting a, uh, Gote 13, but on a higher level. Maybe not as many, not like 13, but okay, let's just say seven Zero Guard members, and they each had like a right-hand person, so there's about 14 people. Maybe you could, you could have five, and there was a, uh, five Royal Guard members, top Royal Guard members, and they had about seven subordinates that they that they that um that were under them, and you know whatever grunt soldiers or whatever, like just something like something more elaborate, more illustrious. Now, I like their abilities. They pretty much were the founders of certain important things within uh Soul Society. Like Ichibe, Ichibe, so the guy with like the huge beard, ball head, so he gives names to everything. So he's kind of like, whatever he names, it, it, the name has a purpose, a meaning, that thing gets it. So if he, whatever he calls something, it, it, it had, he gives it power by the name of it like he and so it's almost like he's kind of like a god to where i named something i know in my mind this is what the thing is so i actually he's uh i like his ability his character he's he's kind of cool but like i don't know like it's lack it was lackluster to me you know from kubo's part another one that i like a lot uh nimaya so he's all about the Zanpato. He, he so he is like the creator of the spirits or the Asayuchi. So without like so he came up with with creating these souls that dwell within a blade and that once your soul meshes with this like I guess vessel like empty soul, it will start to shape into something that was like designed for you. Like something like your spirit animal. Everyone has to joke like, what's your spirit animal? Based off your personality, who you are, that type of thing, you'll have a certain spirit animal. Like for me, like I'm very like fiery as a person when, when I get like angry. So my spirit animal might be like a chimera dragon flaming beast, something like that. So um, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Hikifune, she's so she makes food that's imbued with reishi, so it's, it's almost like powerful food that makes you stronger, helps you like re your uh, rejuvenation to your body, help your spiritual pressure, all these different things. And she's very fast, she's kind of like Choji from Naruto when she uses her power, she loses weight. The, burns all those calories but the calories is like reishi and that is imbued into her few her food so she pretty much puts her essence into the food that she makes and she she can manipulate what this does for the individual who consumes her food which i like that power but you know like again lackluster i'll get into the parts of why they're lackluster or I gave it the first part, but I'll get into the other part. So, uh, Sinjumaru, 
she weaves things and she's, she's kind of like she's kind of like Hikifune, but she like imbues uh like her energy or reishi into like clothing and material so like defensive and offensive powers to like the garbs she's the one that created the 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 attire and clothing and garments for like the soul society all that good stuff and she can also somewhat manipulate reality by weaving which is not that bad it's kind of cool but not impressed um intenjiro he's the hot spring demon so he's a, he's like the mastermind healer of soul society like he's he is the 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 the, the, the sage uh, physician like when it comes to health and wealth uh, especially health uh he's that guy he's very fast very fast very powerful uh strength wise but Another thing about them is, like, their character designs. Like, I'm an artist. I draw characters. And, you know, once I get into my flow of, like, character design, uh, like, I like some of the ideas that Kubo come up with. But when it comes to um, just uh, character designs, it's, you know, I'm, again, I'm not impressed. I what, this is what I expected. Again, I expected more characters. I expected better character designs. Um, character designs I like give give me more of a royal feel. Give me something a bit different. Um, they don't even have to wear the same attire. They could wear something. Just make them stand out more. Um, uh, they. I like that they each have their own. Um, cities, floating cities. Each of them, there's five cities, and they each they get their own city, which is which is amazing. But I'm like, who's who's living up there? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. But that's cool. But other than that, like more characters, better character designs, and much more interesting powers. Like I I could do without them being the origins of like the the staples and foundations of social society i can do without those powers i can do i can do without it or or have those five and then have another set of royal guard members that have their powers have nothing to do with social society they're just cool off the top like very interesting zampatos bankais just something more grand but they were to me just lackluster. They they didn't have that big of an impact. Like, <coughs> um, I like cool factor. They're like, and I'm a big Naruto fan. They're not that cool. Like to me, Naruto characters like for me for me, Masashi Kishimoto gives me better cool characters. But I digress. Um, so I'll give Kubo like a B minus. Um, we get to see in that episode, like the full bringers, they actually came back in episode eight. So we had, um, Shikuro, Sukeshima, and then Kugo Jingo, Jinjo, Jinjo, yeah, yeah. Kugo, Kugo, Jinjo, that's a tongue twister, but we get to see them. They get like a small cameo. So I was excited about that. Okay. They're going to come back for the, into the fold for the battle, but like, okay, Here's my here's my gripe with, with Kubo. Why bring these old characters back that like the full bring arc wasn't that great? Give me more royal guards. You're bringing back uh, so you know what? 
he was okay to give Kubo grace. His health wasn't that great, and he was having issues with Shonen Jump, so he was pressed for time to even come up with like certain characters. And you know what? If you're a storyteller, if you're a comic book artist, storyteller, whatever, you benefit from pre-planning your story years in advance or like at least a year in advance because um maybe two years because when the time comes and you know you've been alluding to some of these things previous in your story once they're here you have better impact so i could have done without the full bringers coming back into the story um, I would I would have want more Royal Guard members, and they were and and they and they would have a better impact. Um, so we got that, and then Ichigo, Rukia, Renji, and Biakia they go to the Royal Palace um, because you know they're going to get special treatment. And as as we're going to see, uh, you know, if you read the manga, you know what I'm talking about. Next year, when we uh, come back with the anime, we'll see that fleshed out. And um, I think they needed it, you know, especially Biakia, Biakia and um, Ichigo. Um, so the highlights to episode nine is pretty much, you know, we we don't see Rukia in the episode, but we, we do see like um, Ichigo, Renji and Biakia, they're getting healed. So Tenjiro, he's healing them with their hot springs. He got the white hot springs and then the red hot springs. And in these two combinations, like Tenjiro, he's like the healer. He's the main healer, sage, physician. And again, I don't mind his power, but I can do without it. It's it's just a more like elaborate way for Kubo to make this character interesting of like, oh, this is how he heals. But again, I'm not I'm not that impressed. I'm not that impressed. And and out of the the Royal Guard, Ichibe and uh, Nehemiah, uh, I always like to say Nehemiah, Nia, Nehemiah, but yeah, I'm gonna say Nehemiah. That's just it just rolls off the top of my tongue. But Ichibe and Nehemiah, aka Nehemiah, uh, they're my two favorite. Oh, Nehemiah, he's the the black. The black dude. He's so I, I give credit to Kubo for certain black character designs. He got the sunglasses, he got the Afro Mohawk, and his uh goat tay outfit. It's like a bomber jacket, uh sleeve a sleeveless bomber jacket, <laughs> goatay garb, which is cool, it's interesting. Could have been better, but those are my two favorites. Uh character designs, uh Ichibe and uh Namaya. But um, and their abilities, but they could have been better. So, uh, you know, they're pretty much getting healed. They're getting healed, they're getting taken care of. And towards the ending of episode nine, we got the new captain commander, Shisui Kuraku. He um, goes to the council to kind of like basically um, prepare for the second invasion of the Quincy's when they come back. Because the first invasion, they got rocked. The Quincy's rocked they ass. And, um, you know, uh, what I liked about that episode, we kind of get, like, this idea or, um, you know, in Japan, how, like, the um, 
prime minister or the emperor and, and the higher heads, how they kind of deal with things. They don't want to get involved or get their hands dirty, but they send out the grunts to kind of do what they have to do. And um, we kind of get this same dynamic in this episode, you know, episode nine. So, you know, uh, Shisui, Shunsui, my bad, Shunsui, he is out there, on, you know, in the fight. He lost his eye and he's like, they're kind of giving him um, uh, a back and forth about what he wants to do. He wants Unahana, Yichiro Unahana to bring Kampachi's power, like basically train him. Um, but they're kind of like, yo, like they're, they're, they think they've been kind of against, uh, Kimpachi, you know, uh, having the power that he has because he's like a bloodthirsty killer, but it goes further because they get into some information about like the original Gote 13. So Yuchiro Unahana, like, so when I was reading this in the manga, I did not know this, but he's basically talking about like, we need the first Kenpachi. And he and Shunsui reveals that Unahana is the first Kenpachi. And again, they're against it. But when I read this, I'm like, oh, what? Like, the wait, what? Because we already have Zaraki Kenpachi. We already know how he's like. And then when he brings this up, wait, wait, the, wait, the first? So, you know, uh, Yachiru Unahana, she was previously known as Retsu Unahana, the first Kampachi, Captain Death God. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. This was lit. Because, we, we, you know, as we've seen throughout the story, Unahana is this very meek, mild, timid, polite woman who's a healer. And, you know, she's very cute. Very Like, just her whole appearance. She just looks like this... Mother Teresa nun-like character, and we find out she was the first Kenpachi, and we see them start to train, and it's just, you know, it, it, it's 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 crazy. Like I can like to the elites in the Gote Thirteen, I can understand their apprehension of one having Kenpachi get to that power that he was before because they they don't they don't they fear him and not only that stacking up another another kenpachi bringing her because unahana was the original gote 13 member and when she was retsu unahana uh kenpachi the first kenpachi she was a bloodthirsty killer so i can see them being afraid like no 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 but shunsui says like one of them is going to die which leads into, excuse me, um, episode 10 to where we get the backstory when Zaraki was a, a, a child and, and um, Unahana was in her original Goatee 13 phase um, as like the, the Captain Death God. So uh, her being the first Kenpachi because that's the title. She basically loved to fight, loved to kill. And, you know, the enemies died quick and she got bored because there was no one that could contend with her. So when she found this kid, there was like a pile, like, foul, I, I would say tens of thousands of bodies piled up. 
and there's this kid at the top of it with a like a raggedy katana and they start to fight and the crazy thing about this was Zaraki Kimpachi as a child was stronger stronger than Retsu Unahana in fact he wasn't even Kimpachi at the time he was just Zaraki he, he they fought to up to the point where he beat her and so the 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 characterization of of Zaraki when we first meet him was that he never used his full power. He had this patch on his eye to suppress to suppress his power. So he he always fought at a at a power level that he always held himself back so that his his um enemies could match his strength so that he can enjoy the battle and if he had to get stronger he would take the eye patch off and it would release more power he would he would get stronger to be able to like defeat his enemy that was always Kimpachi's thing he he can deal like uh, he he had a high defense power high offensive power um he he didn't have to be intelligent because he was just he was strong enough to out beat his opponents and durable enough to, 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 to survive the attacks. He was just, he just basically was a tank, a powerful tank and a powerful, like, like just damage. I, I don't know the, what, what, uh, I forgot what, who's like the, you, you know, you got tanks and MMOs and then I, I don't know what the other like name is for like a powerhouse. But anyway, um, that's always was his characterization. So then we, we, we learn now he was, in fact, he suppressed himself mentally when he was a kid so that he could fight Unahana. So, and she kind of felt bad, like that was her sin, like because she, she loved the battle. And she, and also, I think there's a guilt on her part that she can't be as strong as this, this young boy to be able to, and to have him build the thrill of fighting. Like, so she couldn't meet his expectations because... He outperformed her expectations. And by the way, from since the beginning of the story up until now, Senpachi does like he like it was known that he didn't have a Zampato, which was crazy. So all of the enemies he fought throughout the story, he never had a Zampato. Ever. He never had a Zampato or Bankai. He was that he was that strong. He was a contender. He was just as powerful as his other uh, co-captains without a Zampato. Just by his sheer spiritual pressure, which is crazy. So, the thing in in episode 10 is, is that, okay, she's a healer. So, Tenjiro trained Unahana in the, the mastery of healing. So, she's like... She she knows how to heal in in a, in a proficiency to be able to um, if near death or by death bring you back to life by accelerating healing. Uh, I think uh, Kai, Kaido that's how she uh, I think that's one of those abilities that um, that allows her to like heal at a proficient level. But so this whole battle is just having him to fight. So basically. The current state that Kimpachi's in, that fought Yuwa, 
is weaker than when he was as a kid. That the kid version of himself is stronger than the current version of um, of Unahana. So his current form is weaker than Unahana. She's trying to fight him so he, he can get his memories back. Fight him, kill him, heal him, do it over again, rinse and repeat so that he can get back into that flow of how he was as a kid so that he could finally reach new heights to his power. And she kept doing this until to the point where he would kill her because at, at that point he was he got back to the to where he was as a child and he basically kills Unahana. So it was just so crazy. And for the first time we get to see Unahana's Bankai, which is called Minazuki, which which means eating drops of flesh. The whole area is is she grabs the blade and like it slides her hand across the blade is covered in blood. The blood starts to drip onto the ground, creating this dimension of blood. And she's using it to basically she can use it to cut a person's flesh or cut their body and just it continues to just eat it. And it's just such a beautiful um, dance of her abilities. So her bankai can literally eat your flesh alive, cut you to pieces. And at the same time, her healing ability just bring heals you to the point where you could come back to life. So she's doing this constantly. His weaker form dies, brings him back to life. He 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 gets a chance to 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 do differently. To get now he gets stronger, kills him, brings him back to life. He he starts to remember. He starts to get stronger. It kills him, brings him back to life. He now he's is is he's building upon all of these battles and it's and he's continue. He he, it seems like his power. The more he fights, the better he becomes. The more his spiritual pressure increases constantly. It's almost like um, Zenkai boost for Sans. So that's what happens. And then once he kills Unahana, which is it's like such a, it's just a beautiful, like the way they animated it, um, it's so beautiful. Just this poetry and all these different things. Zaraki Kimpachi, he's now the only Kimpachi around. So he is the Kimpachi at this, at this point. And because there can only be one. There can only be one. And uh, he finally hears the voice of his Zanpakuto. So this, to me, was impressive because we're finally getting to see a Kampachi on another scale that we've never seen him before. Not only he has a Zanpakuto, but what? There's a potential that he, could go, he can go Bankai? Oh, if he wasn't... If he wasn't strong then, if that wasn't like, if, if that's not impressive of Kenpachi without a Zanpato fighting all those Arankars and, and, and Shinigamis, his, his teammates, if that wasn't impressive, oh, this new version of him is going to be even more impressive. Um, so, you know, and, and also towards the end of, of so, Towards the, uh, like, not the towards, it was like episode 10 goes into um, Renji and, and Ichigo fighting the 
uh, Asayuchi, because uh, Namaya, he's all about, you know, they, um, when a Shinigami's sword breaks, uh, the connection to their Zanpakuto, it's like, if your sword breaks, your connection to your Zanpakuto is, is like, is almost irreparable. And you probably, you have to like start over in a sense to reconnect, um, you have to go to new heights with your soul in this Asayuchi to, or your Zanpato to become like a new form of who you are. Um, both of them, so Renji and Ichigo never got their Bankai stolen, but their blades, their Zanpato got broken, which is just crazy. Um, Renji defeats the Asayuchi, so they gain the, um, he gains the respect a connection of the Asayuchi, but Ichigo doesn't. He gets manhandled. So, Namaya sends him back to the human world, which is, is kind of like, basically, he's like, I'm not going to restore your Zanpato, and Ichigo's pissed off. Um, but Namaya knows something deeper that, like, you don't know who you are. You need to go learn about who you are. So, Ichigo goes back to the human world, because he's that's Nimaya sent him there, and so that he can connect with his father Ishin to find out who he is. Because you know, early on in this in this uh, blood war arc, we we kind of see Ichigo um, instinctively use blue thing, not of his not of his not not, not like subconsciously. He's not aware of this, um, which alludes to the fact that Quincy. Ha uh, Quincy. Ichigo has Quincy blood. So, um, Ishii tells him, like, basically, like, your mother, who was, like, who, throughout the story of Bleach, we, we only know but so much about his mother, but it was alluding, well, not alluding, but it was just, like, we, we never knew, and then Kubo, I'll give Kubo credit for this, he brings back his mother, makes her interesting and relevant that she's a Quincy. Uh, Masaki, Kurosaki. Now, this is what what, what confused me. So, Ishin's, I think middle name or last name, Ishin's part of the Shiba clan. So it's it's Ishin Shiba. But I'm like, wait a minute, don't like. But Masaki, her name is Kurosaki. So, oh, hold on, wait, hold on. So is Ishin? Is he a Kurosaki or is his mother Kurosaki? Like that. That was just kind of confusing. I thought like the the children get the father's last name, but whatever. Um, Ichigo learns about his 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 background from his father. Um, we get to see Uryu's uh, Uryu's uh, father. I forgot Kenji or I forgot his name, but um, Masaki, Masaki was going to marry Uryu's father, and we see another woman. A young lady uh, that is like young master, young master. I, I think that's Uryu's uh, mother. I forgot her name. And and um, Uryu's grandmother, I forgot her name. She has the black hair. You guys, if you guys watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. But that, that was interesting. Didn't know that she was, uh, you know, the families were put together so that, you know, she could marry. Uryu's father, Masaki uh, married Uryu's father so that they could keep the Quincy bloodline going, you know, because, you know, there's barely any Quincy's, but, um, uh, 
we we also get the backstory to like you know Eisen, Soisuke Eisen, and his his henchmen. Uh, I forgot the other two, the black dude with the purple hair, and then the uh, the white dude with the the white hair, the grin. He looks like a snake. Yeah. So they're they're trying to make like some kind of like Vasa Lorde Arankar Hollow with like from the body of a dead Shinigami, and like like Eisen's always about like becoming the next powerful being and Ashin fights this uh hollow he's like it's a hot it's like a hollow but fights like a shinigami and uh Ishin uses ingetsu which is like this fire move which is pretty impressive I mean, i'm like oh, okay you know get set gets gets tensho ingetsu like okay cool cool <laughs> so Hold on. All right, I'm back. Just got done talk with my sister. <laughs> so, pretty much, Ichigo's backstory. So, I actually like... So, okay, so, uh, Yuwa Bak, Soul King, what makes... In, uh, uh, Ichigo interesting, you know, Yuhaba considers Ichigo one of the five, uh, what was it, uh, uh, key factors, key powers or factors to the war. I forgot how he phrases it. And Soul King's particularly interested in him is the fact that Ichigo is part Shinigami from his father of the Shiba clan. So Ichigo is actually from a, a royal clan in Soul Society. Um, also, he is a Quincy from his mother's side, a Masaki Kurosaki, who's part of, a, a, I guess, a royal family or somewhat royal fa family from the Quincy's. So he has Shinigami and Quincy blood. And as Ishin fought the uh, the hollified Shinigami, what we maybe call a Vasa Lorde or whatever, he bit Masaki, tainting her blood. So he's also part hollow. So the, mixed in him, which makes him a conundrum of a being. <clears throat> And he's also part Fullbringer uh, from the Fullbring arc. So he, he's this mix of of a lot of different uh, races and, and Bleach. And Aizen has something to do with it. Um, so that's towards the, the end of uh, uh, episode 11. And we're going to get a one-hour special T shoot tomorrow Monday today's today's Christmas so tomorrow Monday we're gonna get a one hour special seeing more of that play out and it's gonna it's gonna end you know so 12 episodes for 2022 it's gonna it's gonna end off this year you know in a bang for Ichigo and you know so that he can so he can get connected so he can know who he is so he can Restore his Zanpato and reach new heights with his Bankai. But if I had to be honest, my favorite form of Ichigo was when he fought Aizen, uh, you know, before the blower arc, and he was 
Mikitsu, Muigetsu Ichigo, that form of him with the with where his uh his I I guess you could say like white hollow Ichigo in like Ingetsu or get get uh, Getsu or whatever they both fused became this new being and gave him a new power. The final Gesuga Tensho, that was his strongest form and which I love was which was my favorite form. So. Uh, after this year, it's gonna end twelve episodes, and I, I'm, I'm guessing there's gonna be forty more episodes for next year. We'll see how that play out. They, yeah, they could end it off in one year. We got 40, fifty, we have fifty two weeks in a year. So yeah, guys, those are my thoughts. Those are the highlights. Those are the parts that I thought were interesting for episode eight, episode nine, episode ten and eleven. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, how did you feel about these episodes? How do you feel about the points that I brought up? Uh, did you find the Royal Guard lackluster? Or did you want something more? Um, what's your thoughts of the Royal Palace areas? Uh, Unahana's Bankai, Minazuki, uh, Zenpachi coming, getting back to his original power and hearing the voice of Zanpato for the first time. Uh, Renji getting to the next level to where he can restore his Zanpato, Ichigo learning the history of his bloodline, who he is. Man, some interesting stuff with Bleach, and I am so glad that they're animating this since it's been away for like 10 years. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Guys, we're coming up to the last few uh, episodes of my podcast of season four. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me. And this is Jay. I'm signing out. Peace. Hi, guys. This is Jermaine from the 91 Box Production. I'm a freelance artist, influencer, and creator. Just wanted to let you know some of the platforms you can follow me at. You can find me at artstation.com, behance.net, DeviantArt.com, where you can find my artwork. Just type in the 91 Box Prod, Prod P R O D. Also, I have NFT artworks on OpenSea.io. Just type in the underscore Pixie King in all caps. And I usually do a podcast called the 91 Perspective podcast if you're listening to this on anchor i have a youtube channel called the 91 box if you're listening to this on youtube i have a podcast on anchor and it distributes it on all different platforms like spotify pocket cast and much more also i have a tiktok it's called the 91 box but you might see a logo where it says the 91 box production now, where you guys can really help me out a lot is that I have a Patreon. You guys can go to patreon.com, just type in the 91 Box Production. That is my company. And guys, this is Jermaine. I hope you enjoy what I'm doing. I'm out. You have a wonderful day. Peace.